Travel, Truth and Lies Unmasked. Written by Martin Lindstrom. Read by Alan Medcroft. Chapter 2. The day I realised I knew nothing about cleanliness and neither did the airlines. Excuse me, sir. The flight attendant spoke firmly to the passenger seated in the row opposite mine. You need to wear your mask. But she stopped halfway through her sentence. Oh, excuse me, I didn't notice you were drinking your champagne. Well then, please make sure you put your mask back on as soon as you've finished your beverage. As an operations expert at United Airlines told me when I interviewed him, this is much like the Dr. Dow incident. We don't really know where the line is until it gets crossed. To me, after several months of an involuntary retraining course, in other words, several months of COVID-19 lockdown, the passenger in 3F removing his mask to drink his champagne seemed like a life or death matter for everyone on the flight. I'm not even sure anymore if this was an overreaction on my part. It was a Friday afternoon, and business people were on their way home with no option but the old standby, a jet flight. Half the occupants of the cabin seemed desperate to celebrate something, just about anything. Yet there really was nothing to celebrate except the joy of flying in the immediate aftermath of COVID-19. A plane in the sky was just as rare as good news in the media. I'd found myself on a flight to Munich, sharing a cabin with 232 other passengers, each shivering with their fear of breathing in the coronavirus, but each also armed with a valid excuse to fly. The airline and the airport had done their homework, lining up a stunning beauty pageant of COVID-19 tricks aimed at making every passenger feel safe. It began with the entrance into the airport through doors newly decorated with COVID-19 informational placards. But beyond those doors, a scene from Ghost Town 2 met our eyes. We're all used to that classic greatest hit coming over the loudspeakers. 311 liquids in a plastic bag. Followed immediately by its ever-popular sequel, If you see something suspicious, please inform the authorities. But now, a new bestseller had become the primary message. All passengers must wear face masks at all times. They seemed to be particularly reminding me and two other maskless passengers I spotted in check-in. And keep two metres distance between you and other people. For a split second, I was surprised to realise that a welcoming smile was hiding behind the security officer's mask. It occurred to me, as it had surely occurred to her, that nothing is certain in this world, not even a security officer's job. And I wondered also, how on earth each of the 221,000 passengers who pass through Heathrow Airport on an average day could possibly keep two metres apart? In the days when corona was something you drank and viruses were something featured in blockbuster Hollywood movies, we went through security shoulder to shoulder. So where was all this extra space going to come from? As I dumped three mini bottles of disinfectant, a handful of almost certainly contaminated coins, and a long-since-forgotten wadded-up face mask onto the tray, I wondered, wait, where did all those trays come from? 
straight out of a form factory or a tray disinfection machine? And will they all go immediately to COVID-19 heaven? I did the obligatory catwalk through the metal detector, walked past the beverage and perfume duty-free, now offering no beverage or perfumes, only a lot of hand sanitizer, and arrived at my gate. Have you ever travelled to a country where few would dare go? One of those, the embassy highly recommends you avoid places. That was my feeling when I joined a couple hundred fellow passengers at the gate. In the past, we would spend the waiting time eyeing each other's boarding cards for their class categorization. That was something from the past, replaced by an, oh, he has a more advanced mask than mine, type of stare. While we all stood there like backgammon counters, each parked on our two metres apart floor sticker, arranged in one long line pointing toward the gate to airline heaven. If you felt air travel in the age of terrorism couldn't get any worse, think again. All passengers had indeed been informed numerous times to wear their face masks throughout the entire flight, except of course when imbibing their champagne, and to keep our curious little fingers to ourselves. Despite these warnings, one couldn't help wondering where the landmines were buried. Forget about terrorists. That was then, another point in time. Now, every passenger looked around suspiciously for microscopic enemies. Was the lavatory the ticking time bomb? The headrest? Was the catered food and that shiny metal cutlery the coronavirus's stealthy hiding place? What about that table tray lock? or the touchscreen on the entertainment system. Would one touch be enough to... Well, you know. Thank God I was, like everyone else in the cabin, well-armed with my fold-out kit of coronavirus protection tools. To my knowledge, I didn't let down a single time, successfully navigating a maze of sneaky virus traps. Time flew, so to speak, and I survived to touchdown in Germany. As we disembarked, the airline was still on its game, requesting passengers not to stand up and congregate in the aisles. We should walk out letter by letter. First everyone seated in the A seats, then the B seats, then C. All good so far. But then the perfectly staged safety theatre collapsed. Walking out in our best North Korean military style, we passengers right away encountered a problem. The aerobridge had been replaced by a staircase leading straight into coronavirus hell. With a digital sign reading, Welcome to Munich, a bus was waiting at the end of the staircase. Remember Jaws with that enormous, scary, teeth-filled mouth? The door onto the bus was just like that. They packed us in like sardines in a can. That bus captured every alien and their viruses one by one. The airline industry is one of the world's fastest expanding businesses. Each year, pre-pandemic that is, transporting 4.3 billion passengers. With scale of that magnitude, welcome to a true margin business, where one extra lettuce leaf in your salad, multiplied across several billion meals, yields an enormous yearly cost. Where does health fit into the airline's calculations? It's a questionable cocktail at best.
In fact, it may not be a surprise that most of the airlines operating in the United States define a turnaround cleaning procedure as collect empty pretzel bags, water bottles, newspapers, magazines and forgotten iPhones and earbuds during an average 30-minute turnaround time from passengers disembarking to another round of passengers walking on to the tune of Please take your seat. This flight is fully booked. That's 12 seconds per seat if you're travelling on a 156-seat A319. Hold on just a second. Did someone say cleaning? In an industry where the addition or subtraction of a simple lettuce leaf rises to a level of genuine significance, how much would it cost to have an airliner sit on the tarmac with all those seats unoccupied and unsold while a crew spends several hours doing a genuine deep cleaning procedure? The fact is that cleaning, prior to the arrival of the coronavirus, had become a fast-vanishing mirage. Forget about disinfecting the armrests, cleaning the trays, sterilising the lavatories, washing the seat pockets, wiping the call staff buttons, or vacuuming the seats and the aisles. It may happen, just not on your flight, or the one before, or any flight the day after. In fact, what industry experts call deep cleaning only happens every sixth week. Or, said another way, after 40,000 passengers have had the chance to breathe, cough, touch and sneeze their way through your plane. But even more concerning was what I learned when I interviewed industry experts, cabin crew, airline executives and sanitation experts at the quality assurance company Intertech seeking to understand what to do and not do on planes. It turns out I was completely wrong in my assumptions of what was safe on the way to the airport, in the airport, on board a flight, driving to my hotel, checking in, staying in the hotel and visiting the restaurants. In fact, it turns out that I'd built personal routines around totally false assumptions. My grandmother would have described my assumptions as less than intelligent. Travel Truth and Lies Unmasked has been brought to you by Intertech Protech, world leaders in health, safety, and well-being assurance. Discover more at protech.com.